Welcome, everybody, to the Animal Off the Bench podcast. My name is Jim Cross, and this is episode 34 titled, Don't Sleep on This Cat. And it is titled that because we are talking to University of Kentucky baseball star Grant Smith to get his story. And you know what? Kentucky is well overdue. They don't get the spotlight enough, so we're absolutely stoked to have Grant on here get his story. But before we do, we got to plug our sponsors. So let's start. Chinook Cedary, eight flavors, mild to wild, the best in the game. Memphis City Design, go get your in off the bench merch. I tell you what, I just went and saw it in the warehouse today. I am stoked about it. Old Dominic Distillery, we went live there last week. You see what's going on there. Not only do they have the best bourbon and vodka in the game, the events, the place is just a go-to environment for you and your friends to go watch a game. And last but not least, Dustin Smith, Smith's Plumbing. I've known the guy since I was four years old. He is reliable. His business is reliable. Have them take care of your plumbing needs. But we've paid the bills. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the biggest interview and podcast from this week with our man, Grant Smith. All right. Welcome in, everybody. We are bouncing back. You know, we were live last night from 10th Inning Bar and Grill. It was the craziest thing, you know, to see our guest on In Off the Bench live on Survivor, watching him watch it. It was the craziest thing. And, you know, I'm going to talk to you about it. How are you doing tonight, Grant? Doing good, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. So last night we were watching Quintavious Burdett, who's a guest of ours, played football and track for Ole Miss. And he was on Survivor. And, you know, he's watching it at this watch party in front of us. And he's seen it for the first time, right? Like he hasn't seen the run back of this. And so he doesn't know how they're going to play it. So it was it was one thing to know somebody who was on the reality TV show, but it was another to like watch them as they experienced it, watching it back. And so, and it was cool because we were talking our college baseball survivor game at the same time. And so, uh, and that's been a hit, man. The, we, we got a lot of attention, Grant, when Hagen Smith went home week one because he had the worst performance. And then he had the best performance week two and would have earned immunity, but he was already gone. So it didn't matter. Yeah. That's a cool, that's a cool idea, man. That's cool. Yeah, no, that was, that was one of the things Daniel was proud of. Who's not here. He made the rules uh, to where they couldn't be changed. And the first four weeks, it's not voting on who we want to go. The first four weeks elimination by worst statistical game. So <laughs> it wasn't a feelings thing. And so Alex, who's the leader of that tribe was like, man, I don't really have to get rid of Hagen Smith, do I? I was like, yeah, the man gave up four runs in one inning. It, uh, you know, got to go. Yep. Uh, so he couldn't believe it. But enough about everybody else. Let's talk about you. Let's break the ice before we get in your story. Uh, you can learn a lot about somebody talking music. If you could go to any concert anywhere, so you can pick the place, you can pick the artist, who are you going to see, where are you going to see them? Dude, man, I listen to a lot of different types of music, but right now I'd probably say – I think I'd go to uh Morgan Wallen concert and let's see, where would I choose to go? Probably like on the beach in California. Probably say like overlooking the beach, Morgan Wallen concert. That's that sounds fun. If I could talk to Morgan, I would tell him, look, bro, let me tell you how I know you're doing it. Forget the record sales or anything else. Four out of five guests. Come on. We're talking about colleges all across the country. No all way. sports all say Morgan. Dude, you're it was said last night by Jordan Bowers, the Oklahoma gymnast. She said really? it like it's it's constant. It's Morgan Wall. This dude is killing the game. Like he really is. 
No, he really. I, I need to see what his net worth is. Dude, need to let me borrow some money. <laughs> All right. so, I hate to be basic like that. I wish I could have picked a different answer. Oh man, I, it, hey, it's he's not my cup of tea, but I got no problem with the guy who everybody likes. He's clearly doing something right. But I'm not the I'm not the biggest country guy. But let's go sports. If you same thing, if you can go to any professional sporting event and and see a team, see a player you want to see in a certain place, who are you going to see? Where are you going? Uh, I'm a big Bronco fan, so I'm probably going to go see Peyton Manning when he won the Super Bowl with the Broncos. I was young, but I'd probably go to that game. Yeah, you definitely got to go in the past. Can't see present day. I'm sure Russell Wilson isn't at the top of your uh, <laughs> list. That dude, no. man, he fell off quick. Like, I was a fan of his when he was at Seattle. He was doing big things, and dude just went to Denver. And I don't know, man. I know. I don't know what happened because we were pretty high. Me and my dad are pretty big fans, so – when he came to the Broncos, we were pretty hype, and then it never really clicked. I don't know what what the I deal mean. Was. I mean, you look at what I'm a Saints fan, so you look at what Sean Payton was able to do with Drew Brees and any other quarterback that really kind of stepped in if Drew was hurt and had such such success. So, like, I know what Sean can do, and to see Russ, man, you got to believe it's a quarterback issue because just Sean Payton's reputation. Um, but I hope y'all turn it around. I got I got no beef with with Denver at all. As a matter of fact, you bringing up Peyton Manning, it was really cool to see that championship because you had somebody, it was a class act getting a title on the way out the door, but I play defense in football. So I love when defense is responsible for the championship. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's sweet, man. Who, who's your favorite team? You got a team? Yeah. The the saints. That's what I was saying with Sean Payton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, uh, we have been uh, notorious for just being good enough to make the playoffs and get excited to not do anything. Um, you know, we've had the New Orleans no call. We've had the Minnesota miracle. It's been a, it's been a lot of hot break, uh, heartbreak over the last like five years. But I guess it could be worse. I could be like a Browns fan, you know. So yeah, true. Um, true. I've, I've been, you know, this year I wasn't able to because uh, he got hurt. But obviously, being diehard LSU, um, I interviewed Joe Burrow on here before. Like, um, obviously, Joe Joey B. Jamar Chase, the Bengals thing. Uh, it's fun to root for them. I know some people frown upon rooting on a second team, but when you know the guys, like, that's a different story, and especially when they're LSU legends. Yeah, man. No, I don't blame you at all. Even even being here, like, Cincinnati's the closest uh, NFL team. Everybody's really, like, since he's the big team here. So it's been cool to watch Joe Burrow and, and Chase go crazy. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, we talk about greatness with Joey B. Let's get into you, man. Um, You know, I told you before the show, um, you're a first, I think. So tell everybody, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, you'd said that it was uh, probably the first guy from New Mexico, guy or girl from New Mexico. So I'm I'm excited to be here. I'm gonna tell you my story about Albuquerque, and I don't want I don't want to steal your shine. I'll be real quick about it. But I, I was stationed in San Diego, and I was getting moved to Jacksonville, uh, stationed there. So my dad flew out to drive across the country with me, and I wasn't familiar with the desert at that point, like how the desert really works. So. When we got into Albuquerque that night to stay, did dinner and uh, slept and all that, it was, you know, not warm by any means, but it wasn't cold. Mm-hmm. Get out the next morning to go out to my car and, dude, it was so cold that me and my dad were like, who's going to go start the car? I ain't doing it. It's so cold out there. And, like, it dropped, like, 40 degrees, like, in, like, six hours. It was crazy. And I was like – you know, I was always told the desert can change temperature like that. And so I was seeing it for the first time. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. It's uh, 
You're right. It shifts so quick and then like it'll be hot during the day and then at night it'll be freezing cold and it'll keep going back and forth. But no, I, I love it. I love it back home. So um, how hot, you know, I, it wasn't Albuquerque. I did when I was training for Iraq, I couldn't even tell you the name of the town because it was the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. We crossed over from the border in El Paso, Texas, but it was really, really hot. I don't know right off the top of my head what the temperature was, but man, how hot were the summers there for you? Yeah, it gets it gets up there. It gets probably like 100, 105, kind of up in that area. Um, it doesn't get as hot as like Arizona area, but it still gets up there. The night the nice part about the heat over there compared to here is it's not as as humid. So right. like you don't you don't necessarily feel it as much. It feels a little bit different. But yeah, when it's dry heat like that, it's brutal. Yeah. Now you find out about humidity when it comes to sports, right? When you, when, Hey, if you're in a place that has humidity and you're doing them sprints, they, uh, they feel different. You have trouble breathing. <laughs> Those, uh, that, uh, LSU super regional last year, man, I've never played in baseball that was more humid or hot than that. I, I was, <laughs> I had some eye black on and before the game even started, I'd sweat it off. Like it, yeah. it's unreal. Well, it's like, you know, we're talking about uh, Joey B. I remember the hype video for the national championship, and he said the early mornings on the levee, and and you see the dudes training. And that's real talk, man. You go out there at 6 o'clock in the morning in that Louisiana summer, man, make a make a boy a man real quick. <laughs> that's true, man. That's true. Uh, yeah, I just – I can't even – I couldn't even describe that LSU weather to people, how hot it was. No doubt. So let's get into your family, man. Talk to me. Um I seen that you, you know, obviously come from a family that has athletics in it. You know, do you have any brothers, sisters? Talk to me about mom and dad. Yeah, my mom and dad were both raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, they actually went to elementary school together. They started, you know, they got together when they were much older, but they'd known each other a long time. And um, I have a sister who's uh, goes to school at New Mexico and um, they come out here a lot. But yeah, uh, grandparents, everything back in New Mexico. So. I got my roots down there, but, um, you know, I love being here in Kentucky and, uh, but yeah, anyways, um, mom, dad, sister, all back in New Mexico and they, they come out here to support me all the time. Yeah. So when you're coming up and you go to play sports, you know, is there any influence from them to play sports or was it a kind of, you know, do what you want to do and you just gravitated towards sports naturally? Yeah, they kind of joke because none of them are, were like uh, serious, serious athletes. My dad actually swam at New Mexico State, so I guess he he was a collegiate athlete. But um, my mom played soccer in high school, um, but never really pursued anything after that. But they they never pushed me to pursue sports any or anything. It was kind of more intrinsic inside of me, and and for some reason I just had a drive to play college baseball, and that was what I was set on from a young age. But um, they've been supportive the whole time, and anything that. I could ask from them. They've tried to provide. So, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with them not being the biggest of athletes, um, who was when you were a kid, who inspired you? It could have been a professional athlete, could have been a coach, could have been someone within the town. I don't know. Who was someone who, you know, inspired you athletically when you were growing up? Yeah, I think I got a couple. For one, I would say that you're probably very familiar with is Alex Bregman just because he's from Albuquerque and um, went to LSU. He kind of paved the way for a bunch of us back over in New Mexico. Um, and I actually played the same uh, travel ball organiz organization as him, um, obviously a few years later, but 
the other one I would say is Tim Tebow. I was a huge Tim Tebow fan growing up, um, watching him at Florida. And then he played for the Broncos for a little bit, got to watch him there. So that was cool. And uh, I actually got to meet him a couple weeks ago, which was pretty crazy for me. He, he was here uh, in Lexington for the uh, game day stuff against Florida for a football game. And he was walking in the baseball stadium. I just saw him. We talked for a while. It was pretty cool. But yeah, I'd say. You, the, did you get nervous and do the whole fanboy thing, or did you keep it keep it straight? I tried to keep it straight. That is probably the one dude or one person that I would like fanboy over. That I would be starstruck in front of because I've seen other famous people. I I'm not really. Is like, he jacked? Is is he as jacked as he looks? Oh, dude! I dapped him up, gave him a hug, and. He's legit. He's <laughs> he made you. He made you feel like you need to hit the weight room when y'all got yes, done. One hundred percent, man. I heard no, that. he was awesome, dude. Though he lived up to the hype that I had as a, as a, his him as my childhood hero, basically. Yeah. So you grow up playing baseball. You know, there's always that age where it clicks. You you start playing travel ball. It becomes serious. You know, for you, was it earlier or was it later? I would say it was later for me. I was always kind of like a late bloomer, I guess they would call it, smaller kid growing up. And then I didn't really start getting bigger and more powerful till high school. So I was definitely a late bloomer. Um, I had a weird transition here to Kentucky, though. I, I committed to New Mexico State in high school um, and up until about a month before my freshman year started, the the coach left and I ended up going to a school in San Antonio, Texas small division one school and then a couple of years later transferred here so kind of a roundabout way of coming to the sec but you know i've i've been blessed and i love it here yeah no doubt so let's let's break that down a little bit first of all you know which high school did you go to i went to saint pius uh saint pius the 10th high school in albuquerque uh yeah and we can't we can't gloss past that because you kind of went right into college and i mean you ended up getting a state championship in 2019 um, you know, you were all district first team selection and all metro uh, selection and all state selection in your time there. So obviously, um, you know, you talk about the route that you had to take later on, but you had some success and you had some fun. Um, clearly, you had to have uh, winning championships in high school. Yeah, definitely. I, I chose to go to that high school because I knew a lot of um, guys before me that had played baseball there. They had a good time and there was a successful baseball program and um my time there was really fun I we should have won the state championship twice but my junior year it, it fell through in the end and we won't talk about that part but uh <laughs> yeah I had only made you stronger time. for later brother exactly no exactly um but yeah I had a good time in high school played well everything got the accolades as you said and one ended up winning state my senior year which was awesome so you know you talk about going to incarnate word which um I actually have heard of um really I, yeah. Um, and so do we do a lot on this show. We and we don't really catch you, I promise. Uh we, we haven't had a guest that was actively playing there, but definitely not unfamiliar. And uh I believe they offered my daughter in soccer because uh my daughter's a senior in high school, a star soccer player. So um oh, really cool. Um, but you know, in your time there, you had a lot of success, you know, um, starting with the 2020 season, which obviously was cut short by COVID, um 339. Um, batting average um, and then you go into the next year all SLC selection um, you know 55 hits 38 RBIs 38 runs scored um, second on the team batting 293 seven home runs so um, some success so you had to have in order to get to Kentucky 
you had to have had success there more than just what the stats are showing. You had to have developed um, physically, mentally. So talk about that process of what you were able to accomplish, even with the COVID year in one of them, but in those two seasons in Incarnate that would help mold you to the player you would become at Kentucky. Yeah, that's a good question, man. I don't think that I was ready to play in the SEC as a freshman or coming out of high school physically. And the COVID year was a weird time for everybody, obviously, but um, really just tried to focus on strength gain and size gain. That was really the biggest turning point for me at Incarnate Word that you're kind of talking about leading to my success here is putting on size and then um, just developing my skills, obviously, because, you know, going to a place that you're going to play for two years and then, you know, transferring is a, a lot more valuable than going somewhere where you're not going to play at all. And um, I went there, played a lot, got a lot bigger, um, and then put up some good numbers and, uh, you know, just focused on doing what I could do and entered the portal and kind of made it to Kentucky. So, yeah, it was just really strength-wise, um, it's hard to play in this league, and I don't think I was ready as a freshman. So I think my route was, you know, the most beneficial one for me. Yeah, and then you also played summer ball for I love this name, the Macon Bacon dude. Like I need, a, <laughs> I need a, like a jersey ASAP in the Coastal Plain League. But um, yeah, so you get some seasons obviously for Incarnate, and then you get some summer ball. So you're getting a lot of experience building yourself to Kentucky. But I gotta ask, you know, what about Kentucky? Because I imagine Kentucky wasn't the only school calling. Um, so what about Kentucky made it the school for you? Yeah, uh, I would say the coaching staff really, um, kind of separated themselves in terms of like building a family here and, you know, developing you outside of baseball as well, focusing on yourself as a person. They really cared about talking to my family in the recruiting process and like incorporating them, seeing what my family was like and seeing if I would be a good fit. And they didn't, they didn't just really we didn't talk about just baseball on the phone. They didn't care about just my performance. Obviously that is why they were calling me, but they wanted to see more than that. And uh, after the process, when they offered me, I, it was a pretty, pretty easy. Yes. And I took it pretty, uh, pretty soon after they had offered. Yeah. And so we, and we talked about a little bit before we came on Kentucky doesn't get this shine. It's due a very solid program and maybe, Maybe it's because you got some big dogs up there in the East, right? Like when you have Florida and you have South Carolina and you have Vandy and you have Tennessee, um, I think I think y'all are probably similar to Tennessee, right? Obviously, they have some personalities that have stuck out the last couple of years. You have Tony V, um, two-time guest of the show, so we're very familiar. But I think y'all are like Tennessee, a program that is, you know, been on the rise the last few years, someone who's had postseason success. Um, so you get there last year, you end up batting um, 281, um, in 61 games, uh, you had 37 runs, eight doubles, eight home runs, 30 RBIs, posted a, a .828 OPS. Um, so, man, I mean, really solid numbers coming from, you know, like we talked about, Incarnate to SEC, clearly had some good success, maybe not as high as you would have liked, I imagine, but um, something to to hang your hat on and build on. When you got there, were you intimidated at all? No, I wasn't intimidated because I think that that's what I had prepared for and that's what I wanted to do. Um, and then when I got here and everybody was just as competitive as I was and I felt like I was in an environment that I was able to thrive in. And um, really the transfer class I transferred in with embodied the same things that I was about. So it was easy to mold in with this team and you know get after it like we did. Yeah, so let's talk about something that 
I found out, you know, this morning that was very important to Kentucky baseball. Hunter Gilliam told me that, um, according to you, being tan makes the ball go further. <laughs> is this true? <laughs> that is the thing that we were on last year, and I can't say it didn't work because we were kind of going crazy when that was our motto. <laughs> that was great he goes you got my boy on tonight he was like make sure you ask him this and I was like I got <laughs> I I loved uh Hunter man he came on uh last year good dude um definitely had me tuning into to Kentucky rooting for him I actually hated that you know it played out that y'all had to come to Baton Rouge but before <laughs> we get to the Baton Rouge uh Super Regional um let's talk about the regular season you know um had a lot of success at home which one of those series where y'all were able to take care of business at home was your favorite? Um, let's see. I'd probably say the South Carolina series was fun for me just because they were, I think, like number three at the time or something. Yeah, um, y'all were the first team to set them backwards when they were hot right after they had got done, um, you know, having success against LSU. Um Honestly, I tell people all the time, if we would have went to a game three with them, because that was when our, you know, pitching was in disarray. Um, mm -hmm. If we would have had to play a game three in Columbia, they would have beat us and knocked us out of the one spot. I I will admit that all day. LSU fans try to say we would have won. We shouldn't even won game two, so don't lie. <laughs> those, those LSU fans are crazy, man. That was my first year last year seeing what they were about. Luckily, Tennessee fans bail us out, bro. Like, we yeah. ain't the craziest, because as long as Tennessee's around, we are okay. No, I Arkansas is pretty Arkansas is pretty pretty wild too. You would think they have a lot of championships, uh, the way they talk. They've been to Omaha a lot, but they ain't got it done. Until they get it done, they need to get up out of our backyard. But uh y'all have it over them right now. Yeah. So um, you know, obviously y'all had that success. Um, like I said, a lot of success at home, and then you get a um, you know, to host a regional. Dude, talk about being able to host a regional, talk about being able to play in front of that home crowd. It had to be fun. It was crazy. It was, uh, it was incredible. Like just seeing, like you said, Kentucky's a definitely a program on the rise. I think we're, that it's getting the starting to get the credit that I think it deserves. And just to be a part of seeing as I'm getting, getting recruited, like the crowds and then the stadium being built a few years before that and seeing what coach Minge is talking about. And then to us hosting a regional in the stadium and, you know, sold out record setting crowds and, uh, BBN, like showing out for us and realizing what Kentucky baseball is about. It was sick. I think about it all the time and, you know, it's just a crazy experience. Yeah. And so, I mean, y'all get to advance the super regionals um, and you are coming to Alex box. You are going against LSU. Um, but if you look back in the regular season, you know, that series got chippy, man. And y'all were not scared of LSU at all. Um, it was it was one of those things where nationally a lot of people kept saying, you know, LSU was going to run right through Kentucky. But anybody who, like, really paid attention, it was like, I don't know, man. Like, Kentucky ain't afraid of LSU at all, play in the yeah. same conference. And so it was one of those things that I definitely didn't overlook it. But ultimately, obviously, LSU got the best of you guys. But, you know, obviously the goal is to win a national championship. You, you want to make it to Omaha, but how do you feel about it overall? You know, your first season there, like I said, you could have done better probably, but it was solid. 
Um, you talk about the things that happened for your crowd, for your team. You do make it to Super Regionals. Do you feel like the season was a success? Yeah, I think it was a success in some ways. Obviously, the the end goal wasn't accomplished, so that isn't a success. But, you know, drawing attention, building up the program, um, setting record attendances and being able to return a bunch of guys from the team last year, I think, are all successes. Um, but, yeah, like you said, the end goal is Omaha or, you know, it's a failure. So this year we are uh, fully bought in like we were last year and, um, I think we have the same mindset. Like you said, last year, we weren't really scared of anybody. We weren't, we weren't scared of number one. Um, we're going into Alex box stadium and we kind of thrived off people doubting us and saying like, Oh, LSU is going to roll over Kentucky. It was added a chip on our shoulder, honestly. And, um, especially with as many transfers as we had, it was easy to look on paper and say like, Oh yeah, these guys aren't good, but, um, our competitive spirit and how we kind of handled ourselves going into those situations, I think is what led to our uh, success throughout the season. So hopefully embodying that again this year. Yeah. And so you look at this year, y'all, y'all started off, only got one loss. Um, obviously you haven't had the hardest schedule, but you take care of who's in front of you. Um, Texas state is clearly a good team. Um, you know, but for you, I've, I've shared a couple, you know, you've had a couple web gems that were, were nasty, but um, at the plate struggling, man, batting 250. Talk to me, what's going on? Yeah, we're not really swinging it as as a as a team as good as we want to right now. I don't know what it is, but me personally, I'm trying to figure some things out right now. I I just had a hip surgery and I was recovering all fall from that. I didn't play at all in the, in the fall and came back in the spring and jumped right back into it. So I'm still working some things out. Not that that's an excuse or anything, but no, uh, no. But you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there because I'm gonna tell you we've had Gavin Costas come on here. We've had Tommy White. Um, and, and those are obviously big names who struggle after surgery. Like there, there's something to it, man. Like you, you talk about a game that the mechanics are everything. So like, I know you're not making an excuse, but it is something real to it. Um, you know, Gavin was to the point where, you know, he got ran out of Vandy and then he went to South Carolina and killed it this year coming off shoulder surgery. People are questioning Tommy white. And it's like, man, calm down. Dude didn't swing the bat for months. Like, no. it ain't, you know, it ain't just something to just, you, you pick it up and you start doing it, especially when you're facing the kind of pitching you are. So there's, there's something to it. And it's one of those things that as you get more ABs and, you know, the, and even you brought up the team thing, I think it's one of those things that you feed off of others. That's the beauty of iron sharpens iron. So I think when other guys um, start to pick you up, man, it'll start to flow flow together but you know you have a you have a good opportunity you know this upcoming week you know talk to me about where the team is at like I said you only got one loss how y'all feeling no we're feeling good uh like I said we're not playing as good as we can but we're still winning we're still finding ways to score runs so that's like a very positive thing for us um just to know that even when we're not feeling our best or doing our best we can still score runs and put up a good amount of runs so we're gonna build off that and uh and come back this weekend, obviously. And we just had a good hitting sesh right before I came came home to hop on this. But um, yeah, we're we're feeling good, man. It's good. I think it's going to be a good weekend. Yeah. So I was looking ahead at your schedule to see who y'all played first in the SEC. And speaking of swinging it well, man, I want to talk to you about Charlie Condon, who's a guest of the show. Um, was texting with him um, yesterday, ironically before the three home runs, and uh, you know, I was telling him how. Um, how well he was doing. I said, carry that into SEC. I said, make me right, because I predicted him um, to be the SEC player of the year. And ironically, he went the humble card, told me, you know, it's early, you know, 
blah, 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 and then goes and hits three home runs later that day. <laughs> so, man, talk to me, like, um, just from a, uh, you know, a player on the same in, in the same league, you know, understanding one another. The way he's swinging, man, uh, you know, what is your thought process on just when a guy gets in a groove like that? Yeah, it's – I feel like this league is full of so many good players that, like, you see people catching fire, like, every weekend and uh, going for weeks on end. But um, it's cool to watch, man. I I don't really get to see other guys in the league doing good until – Playing like, at the I, same time. <laughs> yeah, playing at the same time all the time until I look at my phone and see highlights or something like that. But – I saw – I think I just saw one of his home runs last night. But our coach actually last from last year went to Georgia, so I've been keeping up with them a little bit and saw – Yeah, I mean, something. he's batting almost 700. Um, the, the bad thing is, you know, y'all – you know, from my, my opinion, I think, you know, and you talk about that series, I think you're a better overall team than Georgia. I think y'all will beat them in that series. Um, the problem he's going to have – and. You know, Nick Kurtz, who's also a guest of the show, he's walked 19 times already this year. I have a feeling Charlie Cotton's probably going to start getting the Nick Kurtz treatment here soon, and they're going to be like, anybody else can beat us but this kid. And so um, it's, that's imagine the approach that y'all even take. Um, so I think y'all are a better overall team. You know, I, I hate his situation because, you know, the lineup around him isn't really one that will protect him, but it, just for him as an individual talent, and that's why I just want to ask you, um, obviously, you know, y'all have respect for the dudes that play in your league. That dude's just – He's mashing it right now. But, uh, you know, y'all got them at home to open the season uh, or open the SEC season. So I think um, that'll be a good start for y'all. Obviously, can't assume anything, can't overlook anybody. But I think that will get – we're talking about, um, you know, people paying attention to Kentucky. I think that series um, – y'all go out and get that series like I think y'all will. I think people will start to pay attention. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I know we're just like last year kind of – uh underrated or doubted again this year but like i said the, the talk in the locker room is always do you yeah. like that would you rather be the underdog yeah i do you know there's there's definitely different sides to it but i enjoy it i like when people you know doubt me specifically and uh i guess my team but you know, it just makes winning and proving yourself even better. So. That, that's what the weight guys told me, you know, speaking of Nick Kurtz, man, they liked last year when nobody believed in them. They liked that extra trip on the shoulder. They actually don't like, you know, so, you know, there's some people who like getting the love, like getting the respect. They liked it better when nobody was giving them any. Uh, now everybody's loving on them. They don't even like that. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the same way, man. Give me the chip on my shoulder. Give me a reason to be pissed off and, uh, and have to prove a point, but you know, is, is what it is. But, Man, let's play a game called This or That. Every guest has played. You down to play? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. This or That is brought to you by our sponsor, Chinook Cedary. Man, have you had it? Oh, yeah, I've had it. Love it, man. What's your favorite flavor? I like the Hatch, the Hatch chili one. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, man, eight flavors, mild to wild. Um, you need some seeds, man. Holler at me. Uh, I got plenty of them. I get you. I get you. Y'all have... Uh, uh, no, no seed, chew and seed policy. What y'all got there at Kentucky? I haven't been. We don't, we don't have a no seeds policy, but we do like on the field because it's turf. We can't like. Right, right, right. Well, but, some of them, some of them, depending on what team, you know, a lot of them have the turf, so they can't do that. But um, they just go ahead and eliminate them from the dugout and everything, I guess, to prohibit any of that. Okay. Um, dang, man, that's not fun. No, nah, we don't do that. Got all the pitchers when they're not playing or like guys that aren't playing smack seeds all game so they just spit it in a cup and throw it away so yeah dude who was oh dakota jordan uh 
I was trying to think what guess the show. Dude, speaking of, I was thinking of when you said smack. That man had the picture the other day. He blew a big bubble with bubble gum yeah. right before he smacked a home run. I thought, damn, man. I was like, that's a that's an iconic image right there. That man had like, I mean, I'm talking about this big. And then when it <laughs> popped, he hit a home run. Dang, that's pretty sweet. But yeah, he should definitely be getting an NIL deal with like a, a bubblegum company. I'm saying, no, what, they, what are they waiting out. on? You just need to send that picture out and it'll go crazy. Exactly. All right. So here we go. Get into the game. We start very simple. Chicken or beef tacos? I'll go beef tacos. All right. Beef or steak? Oh, steak. 100% steak. That's why we always do the first one because steak's going to win in the end. All, <laughs> all right. Would you rather have liquid soap or bar soap? I'd rather have – right now I got liquid soap, so I'd say liquid soap. I think it's easier. You know that liquid soap only cleans 50% of your hands? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> you need to tell me that because now I'm going to – now I'm going to uh, – I'm going to tell you something else. I just made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did that to you and Vans Honeycutt, and it worked. <laughs> All right, good, 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 good. Because I've been using liquid soap. I'm not trying to change. Nah, you're good. But there might be some facts to it. I don't know. I just I'm gonna keep running <laughs> with that line and see how it goes. Right. Um, who hits better bombs? You or Hunter? <laughs> I mean, I think I hit more iconic bombs, but he did hit more than me last year. So can't can't really he got me on that one. All right. So this next question, this goes back to when um we had TJ Collette from Kentucky on a couple years ago. Um, his favorite uniform was the vest. I am not a fan of the vest. So I ask you, vest or no vest? I'm a fan of the vest, personally. Uh, I like how it looks, and I really like how it feels. Like He says I'm it's like playing in nothing. Like, yeah, you like don't even feel Which it. Which Vance said the same thing because the North Carolina have the ones. Because, um, you know, obviously a lot of teams don't carry those. But the guys who do have them, they tell me – so I haven't played in them, so it's I'm just going from a look thing. But yeah, say it's like not wearing anything. Yeah, a lot of guys. There's, I'd say it's like half and half. Guys on the team that like the look of them versus don't like the look of them. I'm, I like the look of them, but I think everybody likes how they feel because like there's nothing on your shoulders. So yeah, I mean it feels like you you're not you don't have it like a shirt on. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes it easier to throw the ball, swing the bat. Yeah. Yep. All right. What would you rather go to a costume party or a pool party? I'd rather go to a pool party. I don't I don't know if I'm a fan of planning the costume outfits. I'm not very good at it, so I'd pick pool party. What are your thoughts? Speaking of Wake Forest, I, I still I don't know how to feel about it. Some people say it's creative. Some people say it's weird, and that's how I kind of feel. The Wake Forest guys, uh, their four best players dressed up as Teletubbies together, man. Is that creative or is that weird? For, like for Halloween or for yeah, Halloween? I don't. But I mean, even though it's Halloween, you're supposed to dress up grown grown guys dressing <laughs> up like little kids characters. I'll I don't know, man. It's a little weird for me. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I think that that's a little weird. I don't. I think I would make fun of the guys on on Kentucky. L- luckily, it's Chase Burns, Josh Hartle, you know, Seaver King, guys that are elite. So. Maybe they just get away with it. If it was just if it was me doing it, I think they would lock <laughs> me up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, true. They can't. They do back it up on the field, so I guess it's all right. All right. Would you rather be lost in the jungle at night or trapped in a haunted house? Um. Gosh, dang. I'm gonna pick lost in a jungle because. 
Man, those tigers are not in a cage, bro. I know, dude. I know. There's no I, good answer to this. This question last year used to be, um, and this is the one Hunter got. Hunter got, would you rather um, fight with a grizzly bear or a tiger? Um, to, you know, I uh, forgot how it was phrased, but basically you were trapped by one of them. And so this time we did the haunted house and jungle because the reality of both questions is there's no right answer. It's just which would you rather deal with? What did uh, what did Hunter pick on those two? Do you remember? Um, I'm pretty sure he ended up saying grizzly bear, which I think is the right choice because really, because look, I understand they run 35 miles an hour, but I still feel like the idea of trying to outrun a bear just seems a lot better than a tiger. And I own cats, man. They play with their food. I'm good on that. Yeah, true. I guess I didn't think that you can that it's like open field and you can run as fast as you can. What I what I think is great is when somebody will come on here and be like, I'll just climb a tree. And I'm like, you realize they both climb trees, right? Like that yeah. ain't gonna work neither. I think that's why I would pick the jungle because I can run. Blake whatever. Burke said he would play dead on the grizzly bear, which I thought was funny because he's like a huge human being. And I just thought of him laying there. Don't they say that grizzly bears like don't care? They'll they don't care if you're like yelling at them or playing dead, they'll attack you anyways. Probably. I ain't going to find out. <laughs> Speaking of getting attacked in Blake Burke, did you see that ball that uh, went back off the foul tip yesterday? No, I didn't. Man, check that clip. Uh, dude, It Tennessee needs to do something about that. They were standing right there at the rail. Anyway, it came back. Luckily, it hit the the guard first and just skipped off and hit him. That oh, hit yeah, him yeah, 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 yeah. I did see that. The foul ball off the end of the bat into the – Yeah, man, yeah. that's I – mean, hey, they need to – I don't know. Figure they need to put some up. That's gonna be all fun and games until somebody takes one to the face. That like that drills him right in the chest, huh? Mm, luckily, yeah, but luckily it hit something first. If that hits him straight up, it was what he fell over. And his mom his mom uh retweeted and said, This is not the um this is not the clip that I thought I was gonna be sharing today. <laughs> all right, so we go from the two bad option question to the two good options. Would you rather have a private yacht or a private jet? Private jet. I think that is an easy one for me just because I could go anywhere, you know. Uh, you just find out who, like, because I say the yacht, and most people who say yacht are, are boat and water people. They just like being on the water. People yeah. who like to jet, they want to go to a bunch of places far away fast. Like, So that's why there's no wrong answer here. True. Very true. All right. There is a right or a wrong answer to this next one. This is the last right. $10 million. I bring you a briefcase. Got $10 million cold cash or – Next to it, I'll bring you a national championship this year. Which one are you taking? That's such an easy question. <laughs> I'd take the the natty in a heartbeat. It's not easy, man. How not take $10 million? For a national championship, there's a lot of people that can make $10 million, but there ain't very many that win a national championship. Man, I can do a lot of things with my $10 million, but <laughs> – I will tell you, Paul Skeens came on our Pros or Joes episode, and we went ahead and asked that question and rephrased it and asked him, uh, and this was after he got drafted, and, you know, he got nine point whatever million and said, would you rather have your money and your first pick or the national championship? And he told us the national championship. So being that I asked a guy who basically had $10 million, and he, he said, yeah, and he, and he said uh, he'd rather have the memories of that national championship, can't argue it anymore. Yeah. No, definitely the the money the money's the money the national championship can be can be taken from you. So, yeah, no doubt. Well, for those who want to watch Kentucky, check out what they got going on. See Grant as he turns it up, man. That that two fifty is fixing to be in the rear view. 
Matter of fact, my dude's going to hit not one, but I'm going to call two bombs this weekend. I'm putting all the pressure on you. They got Lipscomb coming to town. You could check them out tomorrow at 4 o'clock, Saturday at 1 o'clock, Sunday at 1 o'clock. Grant, man, um, do you want to plug anything? Do you have uh, do you have any NIL deals or you want to plug your social media where people can follow you before you get out of here? Sure, man. I'll plug my social media, underscore Grant.Smith, underscore on Instagram, and uh, GrantSmith102 on Twitter. Uh, I'm pretty active on both of them. So There you Appreciate go. It. Well, that's Grant Smith, everybody. If you like hearing his story or you just like hearing Average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, ratings, comics, hug, love, feedback, all that good stuff is welcome. We will see everyone back Monday night. Daniel will be back in the house. We will have episode 35 with superstar softball player from the University of Alabama, Kristen White. But remember, in the meantime, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We are out.